0: Hi, folks. How are you? I hope this finds you well. I don't know about you, but can it stop raining already? I mean, the good thing about that is that it does encourage you into the cinema, hopefully, which is a good thing. There's some fun stuff out at the minute. Dungeons and Dragons uh, is definitely one that I would uh, highly recommend. To be honest, I was a bit like, meh, but oh, it's very, very good. Also, do you know what we rewatched over the last couple of days? We were down in um, Devon for a couple of days. This is a couple of weeks ago. And I had limited access to things to view, but we logged into something. Um, we watched the first two Sherlock films and they really do stand the test of time. They were a lot of fun and I'd kind of forgotten how great that camaraderie and comedic double header of Robert Downey Jr. and Jude Law was. So yeah, I really enjoyed it. I've seemed to have been kind of... Not stalking Jude Law recently, just that he's been in places that I've been to. I've not been planning where he's been going and that I'm making sure I've been there at all. But when I was at the Star Wars celebration recently, uh, he came on stage to talk about the Skeleton Crew, which he's part of, which I'm very much looking forward to that. And then last week, I was lucky enough that I did uh, a really lovely, kind of weird remote press conference. So basically, it was so bizarre. I was at a London, posh London hotel. I was in one room, Jude Law and David Lowry were in another, Uh, the cast were in another room next to each other but we weren't in the same room doing a press conference but that's because there was about 200 of the world's press there talking about Peter Pan and Wendy uh, which is David's adaptation of the man, the film is 70 years old, the book is obviously much older but he's similarly with Peach Dragon, have you seen Peach Dragon that David Lowry did? So great. David Lowry is one of these fantastic filmmakers who I get so excited about whatever he does. You might have heard me wanging on about a ghost story many times and that Daniel Hart soundtrack. Yes. Uh, But he just does this brilliant thing where he's got this. I don't know if it's a childlike quality to approach things in a certain way, but I really enjoyed Peter Pan and Wendy. And I'm excited for you guys to see it. I think he's done a beautiful job of reimagining that story that we think we all know and those characters that we think we all know to give them something new and fresh and contemporary. So there we go. That was the other opportunity that I had to see Jude Law, which was bizarre, but lovely. Uh, anyway, that was a very long and warbly hello, wasn't it for me? <laughs> I've, uh, I've, I've not been out much, to be honest. Can you tell? Um, it's lovely to have you on board. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of my weekly podcast soundtrack and my professional pride and joy where I get to enthuse and uh, dive into the world of film and television and music. The wonderful thing about this podcast, and I hope that that's one of the reasons that you maybe come back for more, is that We try and kind of really shake it up with regards to who we talk to and what we talk about. It's great to get the big names. It's great to be able to talk about, you know, the big productions and things like that. But we're equally excited when we get the opportunity to talk to new and exciting talent. And we've been really, really excited about what we've done with that over the last while, with Rain Allen Miller being a recent one for Ry Lane, which I hope you've had the chance to do. I love kind of when people approach us uh, about having people on the show and we're like, yes. Um, and I'm very excited about you guys here in this week's episode because it's not always easy when you take something that's pre-existing and try and, I don't know, put your spin on it. Just as I've been talking about David, to be honest, but Rachel Weiss and Alice Birch, um, who together have brought us their reincarnation, reimagining of David Cronenberg's classic chiller, Dead Ringers. Jeremy Irons, of course, starred in the original, and as well as starring in in the lead as the high-flying twins, Rachel's also produced the show, while Alice developed the concept for Amazon Prime and was a driving force behind the script. And as I said, it's on Amazon Prime now, so I just want to pre-warn you, if you haven't seen it, maybe go and dive into an episode or two before we talk about it but we don't get there's not too many spoilers in it and stuff but if you don't know the story and you don't want to know the story then maybe sort of have a look first and then listen to this episode now unfortunately Muddy gold score for the series is not commercially available so we are unfortunately not able to share any of that with you however there are plenty of great needle drops used throughout the six episodes including might bang might not my little sims
1: if i give you my time and give you my space no that that shit's not to waste yo still better know your place yo i ain't slept good in days yo on job running up pace, hey, so we smoke too right you say so i'm back on my bullshit you ain't seen no one like me since loran hill back in the 90s bitch feeling herself yeah i might be bitch got to know so when you know that but the olders make way for the 90s kid. Yeah. please don't kill my high i've been one no stop never tired no that girl is on fire you know always stay bringing them vibes you know
0: Alice, thank you so much for doing this today. It's really lovely to get you both on the podcast to talk about this amazing project. Thank you.
2: Thank you.
0: Thanks for having us. I mean, music's we'll get we'll get into specifics in a second, but the show's kind of got amazing music in it as well, which really it drives a a tone, I think. It drives so much combination of the, the needle drops and then the kind of choice of composer and cues and stuff that you that you've used. But before we get into that, if that's all right, can we go back to the start? And Rachel, what gave you, the? what was the thing that was like, I have to take this to someone or I have to do something with it or there is something here that I want to work on?
1: I love the original 1988 iconic Cronenberg film. I'd seen it a number of times over the years. It kept on interesting me. As time went on, it kind of interested me more and more. And I think it's just... The idea of a, a sibling relationship that they're that close and they have a lot of fun together but their codependence is also toxic and troubling and 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 they're sort of it's too close to be sustainable um so it was just something about the psychology of that that i thought was a really fascinating story for drama yeah just a. Psychosexual twisted thriller i yeah, it's I just i guess that's my jam for entertainment on, in <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: did you know about the was it clear in your head as well that that kind of you know that main character would would become female and and the idea that you would you wanted to play the these parts?
1: I mean, it didn't cross my mind for many years. I was just a fan, but then one day it was just, it was it was a tiny daydream. it wasn't a big thought. it was just like well, I just oh, I wonder if. You could have two female gynaecologists, and women are gynaecologists <laughs> after all. Uh, so it just—it was a small idea that I took to Sue Nagel at Perno, or I mentioned it to her, and she, mm. she said, "Oh, well, oh, that's an interesting idea." And then we got the rights from Morgan Creek, and then approached Alice, who also
0: seemed to think it was a
1: yeah interesting idea. So it it started as a very small thought. Mm-hmm.
0: What was it about Alice that, that you sorry to talk about you as if you're not there Alice for a second but what, what was it about Alice's work that you were you felt she was the right voice to you know adapt this
1: I'd seen uh, the film that she wrote um, Lady Macbeth Florence yeah. Pugh. I thought it was a spectacular piece of writing and very different to really I couldn't think of anything that I'd seen that was like that about a young woman following her own Instincts and her own drive, and incredibly unusual for a period film. For it, for yeah, it was not the usual ingenue in a corset, uh, piece of writing. It was, it was really, I I thought it was spectacular. I'd read a play of hers called Revolt. She said, Revolt, very different piece of writing, but I thought she was brilliant, just a brilliant Mm. writer.
0: Where did you start with this then? What was the starting, what was the jumping off point for? Yes, there's a book, yes, there's a pre existing film, but this is so different. It feels like so relevant so necessary and you've written these two brilliant characters who are so different but then they're also not it's kind of this really unique thing where they're both you know they're very different but then they also have to have almost like a one kind of framework in a way if that even makes sense but yeah where did you start? I think
2: always with character you know that the film is so iconic and it's such an incredible um, performance by Jeremy Irons but I think we didn't want to we didn't. We weren't trying to like repeat that, or that there, mm. there was no no point, and and I don't think anyone would find that interesting. So, um, we've just really benefited from a re- having being able to have a really really long conversation. We've been talking about this for such a long time that we could really begin by building those characters together and just just trying to create like you know really complicated psychologically interesting truthful characters and we also wanted them to be on the extreme end of things like they're they're like the most brilliant the most extraordinary kind of top of their game and they're having they're living life at a kind of really fast pace so that it was a lot of fun building yeah uh, those women
0: do you write with music at all do you ever have kind of playlists and music around when you're writing
2: yeah sometimes I do and it's Sometimes it'll be a song I really don't like, I really don't like, or it's really stressful. And I will just listen to that song. Or sometimes, and sometimes, it's, I remember once writing something to like the, Dri- the Drive soundtrack, which is such a cool film. And suddenly everyone had like a leather jacket on and they were smoking and you're just like, okay, well, this is, this is too much. So yes, yeah, so I do sometimes write music and sometimes it has to be
0: silent. Um, with regards to this, I think the first needle drop that we hear, correct me from, is, is the rhythmic track, Sweet Dreams. It's that kind of thing where you're going oh wicked and embarrassingly singing to the person next to you who doesn't really need to hear that anyway but but with when you were writing the, the script would, did they because there's quite a few needle drops kind of in there were they throughout the whole season but did they come into that process of it or were they things that you kind of you you know you were, were kind of put in it was it was it that specific in the script about what the pieces of music would be
2: No it wasn't absolutely no not at all I think we always knew it wanted, like, we always wanted it to have particularly like a lot of 80s tracks Mm. in it. You know, we're trying to find different ways to kind of nod to the film. But no, there weren't any songs mentioned in the script, apart from one that they sing to each other. And we had an amazing um, music supervisor, Lucy Bright, who sort of worked, you know, who worked on Tar and Artisan and, you know, every brilliant film um, recently, so she was an amazing help. Yeah, I knew that music was going to be a big part of it, but it came in
0: in post. This is a weird question um, and and be good if you can both have a thought about this, but do they have different musical tastes? Yeah, we talked about that in the writer's room. It Did was... you? Amazing. Yeah. Tell it's... me about it.
2: Yeah, and we made a great, like we had a big old Spotify playlist and there were like different ones for different twins. But it's also that thing of like, that's, like I have ideas about that when I'm writing, and and, of course, we talk about it in the ice stream and then and then you will have a different feeling when you're play like it's a handover process. So you don't want to impose you don't sort of want to, yeah, yeah, say, you really like this song. <laughs> I, for a while, I think we thought maybe Beverly doesn't really listen to music much, I think that's right, like I think she's not
1: really into it. I think she denies herself a simple, yeah. luxurious pleasure, like just listening to music, maybe, yeah. yeah. She could lose herself
2: in a song.
0: No. Can I go now? It's kind of like yeah. <laughs> that says a lot. Where whilst Elle's dancing, her kind of pants off. Do you know what I mean? Upstairs, it's like it's brilliant.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we again. I mean, maybe it's not very surprising, but I think we thought Elliot sort of loves, loves, loves everything. You know, would definitely put on a, a, some some opera and then would would be listening to some you know some disco track and then and then something. Any of it's cool for either of them. I think it's like yeah.
0: Did you create playlists, Rachel? Was did music form any part of this journey for these characters for you?
1: I we did in the writers' room mm-hmm. time. I mm-hmm. remember there was a playlist that all the all the writers were adding to mm-hmm. that we were sending songs into. I haven't looked at it now because that was in 2020. 20. So it's
0: Oh 20, my God.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I, I have <laughs> it on my on my Spotify list. I, I have to look it up, but I I'm sorry I can't remember. Yeah. I, mean, that's
2: I all right You had a you had a song for Elliot, I think, but maybe that's about that might be a private song. No, 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 no. Sorry. I don't I don't no, What do you think? Do you think? <laughs>
0: I think it's really wonderful, but it's a You don't have to share it if you don't want answers on a postcard for anyone listening. Once they've seen the show as to what they think that song might be. <laughs> um, what about that scene with the um the, in that that first episode in the club, are you are you dancing to music on set, or are you just you are you in the moment?
2: Yes, it um, was that song. Well, she she on set, she was dancing to to Ghost Rider. I love that song, <laughs> I know. and always felt like you know that that would be a, a really <laughs> I don't know. Just it's, I, it felt like it had the tones of the show in it. It's sort of so, yeah. but. It didn't quite work when we were watching it back and it mm-hmm. I think for the kind of club that she was in and the kind of the feel of the space it did and, and it was, t- was totally you know it's obviously quite dark Um yeah. so that song sh- does show up elsewhere in a kind of in a more background way a great track that one it is a great track
3: riding, He's looking so cute Sticking round, round, round in a blue jumpsuit. Moves rider, moves hero a meteor. Beep, 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 beep—he's blazing away like the stars, stars, stars in the universe.
0: That's the interesting thing as well, and I wondered whether it was always going to be, you know, an episodic drama as opposed to a feature film. If that was the kind of always the dream, and it's because I love the luxury and the depth and the the exploration it gives us as an audience to, into the journey and the characters.
2: Yeah, it was always going to be TV. I th- I think a, remaking it as a film doesn't make much sense to me, mm. and just it just always felt. Good really interesting and worthwhile to, to have the time to spend with, with these characters, yeah, that that would be,
1: yeah. Yeah, it was always going to be long form, mm-hmm. yeah. The film's so iconic and so, I think, perfect. Really didn't want to touch, try and redo something that was that creatively perfect.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not going to ask about um, how you did it, Rachel, because the other night when we did the the BFI, and and after I'd asked the question, I was kind of like, shouldn't have asked that because you kind of want to keep the, the mystery surrounding it, as to because you, when you're watching it, you're just in it, and you're kind of like you start off by going, "Oh my god, how do you, how are you doing this?" And then you just you're in it, and you're watching it, and it's extraordinary. So I'm not going to ask you to explain that, but yeah, do you mind talking about the composer Murray Gold and how, why, what, why Murray and because there's so many tones to the score in the in the in the show as well.
2: Murray Murray is amazing and was such a brilliant extraordinary collaborator i don't think mm-hmm. i realized that you know i hadn't worked so directly with a composer before still you're still talking about story you're still talking about character you're still talking about drama and conflict and stuff you know i sort of worried that i was like oh, well, you know i don't i don't know that i'm gonna know how to sort of talk about it but he was he has a background as a writer as well yeah and and you guys know each other
1: yeah we went to college oh do to- no it way amazing yeah. So I was actually in plays at a uh, university and afterwards that he wrote music for and actually played live piano. He was in a band at university. It was called Mama Hung Me in the Closet but I'm still feeling funky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think they've disbanded, um, but uh, yeah, they were a great band. But so I've, I've known him a long time and he, yeah, I, I felt like he just understood Alice's writing immediately on such a deep level. Yeah. And yeah, it was it was wonderful to to see to see them both uh, collaborate.
0: Yeah,
1: it was really it was lo- really lovely. Yeah, he's he did such a beautiful job.
2: Yeah, it was amazing.
0: Did you know what you wanted, Alice? Was it kind of you know you say you've not really worked with a composer in this way before, but did you know? Did you have an idea of of sonically how you wanted the show to sound? Because there is a journey, you know. There's a journey across these episodes. Yeah. for so much of the show the characters the story even the production design and the costumes as well in a way so the the kind of score has to has to kind of you know be part of that be a character in that as well
2: yeah I mean it's exactly as you just described I think that's the sort of first thing I mean I I don't even know if I said that to him I think he he got it you know he, he came on like I think we hadn't finished shooting but we were a good way through mm-hmm. so um yeah, he ju- he just understood that the language of the score needed to evolve as well, and sort of I think you know he got immediately that they're like these Brits in New York, and that there's a kind of fairy tale feeling to that, and there's a lot of romance at the beginning between them, and that was really beautiful. But then was also able to manage the the horror and the reality of what's sometimes happening at the hospital and the the creeping kind of dread that you get with the Parkers, and then as it builds and sort of goes to somewhere much more operatic and and makes a few stops along the way he just he just navigated that really it was quite effortless he got it yeah it didn't go through many rounds it was Mm. it was really lovely
1: and I think creatively you I mean you've responded to so many different kinds of um, people and working methods but I, I saw you really enjoy it when someone brought you what you would call like a strong offer. Yeah. And Murray would bring a really strong offer that was just almost immediately
2: yeah.
1: perfect. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you had some slight notes say, oh, could we just try that? And he went off and did it. And you, you, I felt like your collaboration was really, really good. Yeah, I know. I mean, I loved, I loved
0: it. I, I, we've, he's been on the podcast and he's so lovely to talk to as well. And you can see that enthusiasm for what he does is kind of, and it feels for me as well, for him as a creative, he's always trying to, to try new things and to push his own kind of, you know, self limitations that you put on yourself. Sometimes you kind of, and, and I feel like this is just, it, it, I can tell you from listening to it, that it, he's kind of done that and he's had so much fun with it as well. Do you think that's fair to say?
1: I think so. I think <laughs> very much so. Yeah. He's a, he's adventurous and he's got a, yeah, he's got a bold, a bold spirit. And he's always very creatively like, passionate he's very very passionate which is lovely yeah
0: great glasses I remember as well when I spoke to him had amazing glasses which you know slightly materialistic comment but they were like oh yeah great glasses always makes a difference did you refer back to the or how much did you refer back to the film the original film both in terms of I guess things that you like wanted to avoid or maybe nods of admiration or you know kind of inspiration whether were, were there elements of that at all of kind of going no we do want to go there or yes we want to make and you know give a little nod to that in a way
2: i mean there's again the score in the film is is one of the things that like really like stayed with me mm. really like it's so it's so again so iconic it's, it's mm. really incredibly powerful talked about it a little bit with murray but i i felt like that was one of the places where no i was sort of more interested in finding a new musical language that there were other places where we could because you do i think you never want to sort of like repeat the the ways in which we like nod to the film i think felt felt slightly more playful or yeah conscious of themselves and um what murray's done with the score is is really his own his own thing i think
0: It really complements the tone, I think, of the show as well, because there are moments where it's really bloody funny and then moments where it's kind of, you're almost kind of looking through sort of behind a cushion in a way at certain scenes, you know, having had two C-sections, I was kind of like, "Whoa, this is uh," you know, but it was really healthy, I think, really, really healthy. And it feels like the score is really like part of the kind of tonal journey in a way, as well, and I hope you take that as a compliment because it really works brilliantly. And um, I've got to ask about Coldplay because that I've like properly laughed out loud at that little scene with the kids oh, singing Coldplay. Just makes me giggle just thinking about it. Just it's 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 not the kids singing Coldplay. That's very sweet. It's just the situation. Mm -hmm. and who they are or who their family is and what that whole kind of thing is did you have to get clearance before you shot it or how did it work
2: we did yeah 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 and and I did I didn't really
0: have a backup
2: (laughs) I I thought Coldplay singing The Scientist was very funny (laughs)
0: who made the call
2: I think I think it was probably Erica Kay, one of our brilliant producers
1: yeah, yeah, our line producer. Yeah,
2: yeah, I think she got she got us Coldplay. Thanks.
1: Yeah, I <laughs> think down to the wire. Though, it really was right before we were so shooting it, really it and there wasn't really song you wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Just that
1: all those things take time, you know. Getting yeah, yeah.
2: the kids had gone away and learned to, You know, those kids, of course, had to learn it and and did so beautifully, <laughs> brilliantly, <laughs> yeah. so beautifully. Yeah. But I don't think we'd got the right spot when they were learning it. So yeah, it was down to the wire. Yeah. Come up to meet you, tell you I'm sorry.
3: take me back to the start
0: because it's it's really been such an interesting journey on this this podcast finding out from filmmakers about that thing where you have existing music that you either write in the script or you know that you want to feature in certain scenes and then you get to that point where you're trying to get clearance and it's either like in the hands of lawyers who have no connection to the band or the artist whatsoever, or you've got a direct contact with a band and they're absolutely happy to support creativity and give you it for fifty cents, or then you have other people who are like, Oh, three million dollars, please. And <laughs> so were you were you faced with a with a with a selection of that or was it quite easy in terms of the specific tracks that you wanted to feature in the in the show?
2: No, there were definitely a few that yeah where, where it was more complicated it went through a few like several rounds and and then some that came through quite quickly and, and that, yeah that, that maybe I wasn't quite expecting that to happen yeah it's a it's a process that I had absolutely no idea about and no experience of either and it was sort of yeah it was
0: massive it's learning. fascinating so, yeah it's, I find it fascinating yeah as well, to what that decision is based on
1: yeah we so wanted um sweet dreams for the opening credits I mean that was a bit like the Coldplay song mm-hmm. that was the only song yeah. that we wanted and so we got the um email of Annie Lennox manager and I wrote her and I said would you pass a letter on to, mm-hmm. to Annie so I wrote an email explaining yeah. why this was the only song that we yeah. wanted and and then we got it a couple of days later yeah, so, it was so I quick, yeah. I assume she read it I mean we, we, we paid I'd for say. it yeah yeah. Yeah, so, yeah
3: yeah 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 <laughs> <Sweet> <laughs> It's amazing.
0: Rachel, so in terms of coming, you know, as well as this phenomenal performances in this, in this show, but the work that you've done behind the camera from that first, you know, moment of going, there's something in this, this is stuck with me and I see there being a new journey for it in a way. Are you enjoying that side of it? Because the, the fruits of your labour are extraordinary. And I'm very excited to see, you know, what you do next with that. Is that, is that something that you're excited about? And have you had a great experience with this project?
1: Well, thank you for all the lovely things you just said. I mean, what what I've loved about this experience was collaborating with Alice and then with the, you know, she and I had this long conversation that led to Alice there writing the pilot and then assembling a writer's room with, there were seven women in the, in a room for six weeks um, offering story. And then... Alice wrote, and the other writers wrote the scripts, and then I did the acting, and and then after I finished the acting, joined up with Alice again in the post-production. So I was involved with Alice with all these musical Mm -hmm. decisions that we're talking about now and the editing. So what I've loved about this that's been totally new for me, I've never never been involved before and after a piece of fiction in the same way. I, I've I've really loved the collaboration, and it was doing new things that were really challenging mm. and um, learning on the job. Uh, that were, yeah, it was both challenging and really uh, joyful. So yeah, and and the whole team that Alice you know organized around around of us, all of the heads of departments, Murray. It was it was a really wonderful group of people. So it's it's been a collaboration mm. with so many. So many brilliant and talented people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really loved it. I learnt loads. Do you want to
0: direct? Is that a route you want to take?
1: It's not something I... I did direct a short film a few years ago and I, I loved working with the actors. But uh, yeah, I, d- I don't know if I've got the right... It's not something I'm thinking about at all.
0: No, no. I, it's hard because I don't want to talk about too much specifically about the show because I don't want to spoil anything for people watching it. And it's it's such a it's such a visceral kind of sensual experience watching it as well i think right through i mean for me there could be more <laughs> you know what i mean once the you know in terms of the end point to this it feels like there's another story to tell off the back of that is that just me or is there do you feel like there's another journey in this i mean we can't say too much specifically but do you feel that or 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 not
2: i think that's like the most wonderful compliment and the, like the loveliest thing and like more than could have hoped for that y- you as an audience member see see can keep imagining things for these characters that's like mm. genuinely incredibly moving i don't know i mean it's been the, of it, the most challenging thing but the greatest joy um yeah writing for rachel so i mean i could do i could do that forever
0: for sure <laughs> <laughs> it's the start of a beautiful partnership then I love it brilliant and um, listen it's so great to get to chat to you and, um, and just yeah and introduce about it and talk about the music specifically as well and um, yeah thank you so much for your time thank you, thank you so much thank you. Thank take you. care thank have a great you. day thank you bye <laughs> one of the many great tunes to feature in Dead Ringers that's Tainted Love by Soft Cell rounding off this latest episode of Soundtrack with Rachel Weiss and Alice Birch my huge thanks to Rachel and Alice for taking the time to talk to us you can watch all six episodes of Dead Ringers on Amazon Prime right now and apologies once again it's, it's heartbreaking for us that we couldn't bring you any of Murray's music from the show we did try I promise you but if you want to hear my chat with Muddy, you can head to edithbowman.com where you'll find every single other episode of the podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. We are at Soundtracking UK and there's also loads of extra content on our YouTube channel. So do subscribe to that too. Now at the start of the show, I was talking about that idea where we really like to kind of, you know, step outside the norm of those kind of big film and TV uh, releases. And something that I'm really proud that we are getting the chance to talk about is Creature. Creature is this phenomenal kind of crossbreed of a production. It started off its life as a ballet, written and created by the hugely talented Akram Khan. And due to Covid, it just didn't have the opportunity to be performed in theatres in the way that it would normally be. Q Asif Kapadia, the wonderful director who came on board and, with his incredible collaborators, managed to turn Akram's ballet into this wonderful film version of the production it's kind of like nothing else i've ever seen and it was a beautiful journey to get the chance to speak to asif vincenzo Magna, who of course was their inception with akram in terms of creating this ballet Uh, he's the composer and he's seen the project right through and then sylvie landra who's this beautiful and hugely talented editor so next week's episode is a wonderful celebration and discussion about creature I very much look forward to the pleasure of your company then.